Hello and welcome to the Being Well podcast. I'm Forrest Hansen. Today we're continuing our focus on developing resources related to the strength of grit with determination, the steadfast fortitude we draw on to endure, cope with, and survive the challenging things that happen to us. To help us become ever more determined, I'm joined today by Dr. Rick Hansen. Dad, how are you doing? Excellent. I'm determined to be here. <laughs> so I think that most everyone listening to this podcast has a pretty good general sense of what determination is. But is there a particular way that you're defining determination inside of the strength of grit? Yeah. I'm thinking in terms of what helps us be resilient. Mm-hmm. In other words, what helps us uh, cope with really hard things as well as keep on going every day. And if a person is not zeroed in on a goal and able to keep pushing toward that goal, especially in the face of delay and discomfort, it's really hard to be gritty. Mm-hmm. And what's really neat to appreciate is that we can become more determined as a person over time, mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that we are becoming more driven we're more attached to the outcome. In fact, we can become more determined, let's say, to become more gentle, yeah, to become more laid back, to become more accepting, more at peace, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So determination in many ways is one of those, I think, uh, easy to dismiss because it sounds like a Hallmark card kind of thing, sure, yeah. but fundamental factors of resilience and well-being. So it's a really important factor And it's something that you can grow inside yourself. Yeah, as you were saying, determination sounds so big that it can kind of be brushed off a little bit, I think, because it's such a general word and you can be determined towards so many different things. For me, when I talk to people, I often kind of draw a distinction between being motivated versus being disciplined. Those are both kind of aspects of determination. So in terms of determination, as you're defining it here, what's it kind of made up of? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, first off, on determination, what I'm just realizing is that in a funny way, you know, there are different kinds of two big mistakes in life. Mm -hmm. And in this case, there's the mistake of giving up too soon Mm -hmm. or giving up too late. Clinging. Yeah, Yeah. or just being determined to a fault. And uh, I know a lot of people who give up too soon. In my own case, I've tended to be determined to a fault where you just, for example, are going to shove the weight up that one less repetition. And in the process, you blow out a tendon or something or a ligament. And so the determination we're looking for here is in the sweet spot, Mm -hmm. not giving up too soon or too late. And it's comprised of, I think, four major factors. The first of these is resolve, where you know your goal and you're committed to it. Mm -hmm. Second is patience the capacity to delay gratification and endure discomfort Mm -hmm. while still continuing. Third major aspect of determination, if you think of it, is persistence. Mm -hmm. You keep at it. You keep on keeping on. And then the last one is really controversial and interesting, which uh, is a certain fierceness, or you could say a feral, wild, passionate quality in us that enables us to zero in on our North Star and keep on heading that way. That last one is such a big topic, Mm -hmm. potentially so controversial, and there's a lot of minefields related to that topic and pitfalls that we're going to reserve it for our next podcast, I believe. Uh, But to sum up, to be determined, and we're going to talk about them right now, people can develop greater resolve, patience, and persistence. And then in our next podcast, we'll talk about developing greater, in a word, fierceness. Great. So let's go through those 
kind of one at a time and look at some ways that we can develop each one. So to start with, I've often found it kind of difficult to feel resolved. Uh, This is often because I'm not really sure what my goals are. I don't have a goal that, um, as I often say, I wasn't a kid that knew that they wanted to be a firefighter when they grew up or an astronaut. Or a podcaster. Or a podcaster (laughs) or a a self-help author, whatever it might be. Kind of insert phrase here. I was always kind of like, oh, I guess it'll sort of figure itself out and I'll end up doing something. So inside of that context where I think it's really, particularly for this kind of younger, quote unquote, millennial generation, it's pretty common to not really know what you want to be when you grow up. How can we still feel resolved? Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, uh, it's useful to kind of zero in on the essence of the experience of resolve. And of course, it varies a little from person to person. But for me, it has a sense of a kind of intensity and commitment and in a healthy sense, sort of insistence, mm. like we're going to make this happen. Yeah. And so there's something very willed about it. And it's useful to know what that feels like to be willed in a certain direction. So for example, I'm resolved, let's say going forward, that I'm not going to talk to other people in that way. Or I'm not going to use that word that is um, really insensitive for other people. So the feeling of resolve is really useful. Now, to be resolved, it's resolved toward a goal. Mm-hmm. So it's always in reference to a goal. So think, going back to you, Forrest, uh, thinking about it, did your goals draw you enough? It's a lot easier mm-hmm. be, to be resolved toward goals that we're attracted to. Yeah. So one way a person can help themselves in effect, be more resolved, is to build up more of a sense of the attraction or the rewards of their goal. And then they're naturally pulled more toward it. Another aspect of resolve, of course, is to be flexible. Some people are kind of brittle in their resolve. They're locked onto a particular aim. They pursue it to a fault. And then if they don't get it, it all kind of breaks down. They don't know what to do. So you want to be adaptable for sure. And then another aspect of resolve is easy to underestimate. A lot of talk about resolve, and and classically in um, the humanities and folk tales as well as spiritual stories, uh, or modern research in psychology, has looked at resolve in a very top-down kind of way. Mm. And it's tended to be framed, as you can see in Freud, uh, as a sort of civilized intention that's resolved to control those savage, dark, id-like, fierce, if I could say, impulses bubbling up from the bottom. And that's a bit of a problem because it starts to frame things in a way that divides a person internally. And more generally, it exposes a person to willpower fatigue, which is a term in current research that if if the only way that we can be resolved is top-down, sort of like there's an inner boss inside us Mm -hmm. who says, you must, right? Well, okay, we can do that. But man, you get worn out pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was some interesting research on uh, the way that willpower fatigue uh, really is a factor for people. The alternative to that is to have a reasonable amount of top-down executive direction. Come on, buddy. I mean, I've had this little internal voice in me that's been so useful at different times. Don't be a fool. Mm -hmm. You know, just in a useful way. Or keep on going, or uh, on the road too. You know, I'm going to keep on going on the road. That's useful, but maybe even more important is to have a sense of heartfeltness, passion. 
that's another major engine of resolve that I think is more durable than just top-down willpower. So the second aspect of determination that you mentioned, I believe, was patience. Yeah. And I think that that's a really interesting one because we hear all the time like patience is a virtue and but we just spent last episode talking about agency yeah and a big part of being agent is taking decisive action in your life and waking up the one morning and say this will not stand anymore whatever it might be so how do we how do we balance those two aspects how do we express appropriate agency and how do we express appropriate patience? And yeah. how do we know when we've kind of gone off the deep end one way or the other? Yeah. Well, if I could, call me crazy. Sure. And we may go off the deep end here. When I think about you and becoming more and more skillful as mm-hmm. a dancer over many sure. years, yeah. uh, I'm imagining that on the one hand, you had to take action, which you did again mm-hmm. and again, uh, training yourself, getting lessons, earning the money to pay for lessons, while at the same time, you had to be patient with the natural time it takes yeah. to get better at something difficult. Mm-hmm. So I wondered how you balanced that. I think that for me, there was the inherent underlying belief that it took time to get good at a thing. Yeah. And I just kind of accepted that. And it was sort of an off-the-bat acceptance. And one of the things that we mentioned in the previous episode is that sometimes when you accept the things that you can't control— sometimes it actually becomes easier to be agent and to control the things you can control. So I looked at it and shrugged and said, you know, I'm not going to be a professional overnight. This Mm -hmm. is something that I'm going to have to work at. And I took that as the inherent assumption. So it became easier to do a little thing and to get 1% better every day. And over time, those 1% added up to getting a lot better. That might be a good example of where accepting how I had to be patient mm. enabled me to take more decisive action. Does that kind of speak to what you well, were? I love what you're saying. Yeah. I've never thought of that, Forrest, about mm-hmm. how realistic sort of expectations yeah. of how long something will naturally take mm-hmm. helps us be more patient. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, I think that I, another area where I see it a lot is that you know I work out pretty regularly yeah. and certainly read a lot of um, content and consume a lot of content around fitness. And, and I think that you see often... When people first start exercising, Mm. everyone wants to lift a certain number tomorrow. And then the moment that they can't lift, they get to a point where they've been making progress and making progress, and they stall out for the first time at a given weight. Mm. It's very defeating. Yeah, Um, interesting. Yeah, and when they can't hit that metric in a given Mm. period of time, all of a sudden they kind of throw their hands up and just never do it again, so they never get there. But if you're open to the idea of it taking, you know, we make the joke periodically writing the book of um how do you make money and lose weight while you sleep <laughs> as a great self-help as, as like the, the perfect self-help book right yeah, the right. book that everyone will buy and you know th- there's kind of in that title is sort of what we're talking about here that quick like fix. yeah the quick fix because when the quick fix doesn't work what are you left with yeah you're just like well damn now i guess i'm done you're left with impatience yeah. and helplessness yeah impatience and helplessness and a feeling that you can't possibly make the change so why bother trying yeah. so once we accept the reality of like needing to have an element of patience i think mm. all of a sudden taking action becomes easier yeah so i guess the kind of follow-up to that is like well how much patience is too much patience yeah and mm. How do we know when we're just being passive instead of being patient? And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> that's the sweet spot in life where yeah, sure. we're trying to avoid a mistake, let's say, of being too determined or not determined enough. Yeah. And that's where just simply wisdom and perspective and, and observing things over time comes in. To build on what you're saying, a key aspect of patience in the research literature is uh, the capacity to delay gratification. Mm -hmm. In other words, to give up an immediate reward for the sake of a greater future reward. And the capacity to do that, even in research in the so-called marshmallow test, you may know about it, on kids who are, say, four years old. Mm -hmm. And essentially the test is that uh, kids are brought into the laboratory room, the experimenter, you know, the parents are outside the room or sitting next to them. You can vary these details. And essentially the experimenter puts uh, one marshmallow in front of the child and then says, uh, here's a marshmallow. But if you wait five minutes, I'll walk in with two marshmallows for you. And then they walk out of the room. And it's so amusing mm -hmm. to look at the videotape of these kids whose parents have allowed the videotape to be shown, squirming and do his, doing various things to help themselves put off the immediate gratification of the marshmallow now for the sake of two marshmallows or five mm -hmm. marshmallows in five minutes. All right. And one of the things they've found is that children who just can't wait, mm -hmm. they just can't wait in their temperament or based on their life experiences, those kids reliably, 20, 30, 40 years later, are more likely to fill in the blank, get in trouble with the law, have a drug or alcohol issue, uh, have an unstable relationship history, uh, or be exposed to different kinds of psychological issues like anxiety or depression. And it's not that a person is doomed just because if they have a hard time delaying the marshmallow, but uh, it does mean that it's a really significant thing. So we can acquire a greater capacity to delay gratification. That's the essence of patience. And to build on one of the strategies you said, which is to be realistic about how long it actually really takes, uh, a person can just remind themselves again and again and again of what the rewards are that they're working toward in what might seem like a really incremental way the extra marshmallow they're going to be able to get, or the greater capability as a dancer, or the greater physical fitness that they will gradually, slowly acquire. And a person can really help themselves by focusing on what's intrinsically rewarding in what they're doing, or more generally uh, rewarding or feels good. It's hard to be patient when you're in agony. Mm, Duh, mm -hmm. obviously, or just uncomfortable. On the other hand, you know, if your flight's delayed at the airport and you got access to good coffee and it's interesting stuff to read and you can catch up on your emails, I'm speaking from some personal experience, well, it's not so bad to have to wait four hours for the next airplane to come. There's actually another aspect of patients I want to mention briefly, which is another major factor of mental health. Uh, and like all most of these major factors, they have fancy terms, distress tolerance. In other words, can a person feel sad and be patient with the sadness and tolerate it and allow it and accept it and feel it and bear it as the seconds and minutes and hours and even days tick by? Or on the other hand, is a person impatient with that sadness or other feelings or, mm -hmm. such as anxiety or a sense of loss and instead they can't tolerate it. Mm. And then they jump out of it, in a sense, into a problematic reaction of one kind or another, like yelling at other people or getting drunk or whatever it might be. 
that is their way of avoiding the direct experience of whatever's uncomfortable for them. And a major result of becoming increasingly patient is you become more able to stand your own experience and to open to it and to allow it uh, for the sake of the greater good. Because if you can open to your experience and tolerate it, as so much research on mindfulness has shown, then it helps you get through it a lot better. And on the other side of that are many, many rewards. So that was a lot of great material on the importance of patience. To talk about persistence now, that third factor that you mentioned of determination, to me, persistence is really kind of the key to being consistently determined. Mm -hmm. And it gets back to something that I sort of alluded to a second ago, which is this difference between motivation and discipline. We're kind of doggedly plugging away day after day is really challenging, I think, for a lot of people. It's easy to have bursts of motivation. Mm -hmm. It's easy to have the one good day where we get up and we're really motivated. It's a lot tougher to be disciplined. So what are some of the ways that we can get better at that kind of dogged pursuit of what we want, at that persistence? Yeah, I've focused on that in my own life a fair amount Mm -hmm. because I realized a while ago that persistence was good, mm-hmm. but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And so then the question becomes, how can you help yourself enjoy persisting? Mm-hmm. And so I've personally drawn on a few hacks that relate to how the brain works, and we could talk about them. One is to help you help yourself understand sort of intellectually that small things really do add up over time. And that it is typically the unglamorous, incremental little bits day after day after day, that make the most difference. And so it's a way to value them. We do what we value. So if you help yourself value what's good for you and other Mm. people, Mm -hmm. you're going to be more inclined to do it. And it seems so obvious, and yet it's a kind of bootstrapping or jumpstarting that many, many people don't actually do. They don't help themselves value what's good for themselves. And at the more meta level, They don't help themselves learn how to help themselves value what's good for them. And yet, if you do that, it's really, 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 really useful. Mm -hmm. In other words, and just to bring kind of a mindfulness to, okay, how can I help myself lean in a certain direction and then keep on leaning? So in addition to that, another thing I've really seen is that it helps to really focus on little rewards along the way. That's going to tend to keep you persisting. And it helps to, uh, you know, to some extent, disengage from big, glamorous gestures and instead appreciate that it's a more modest efforts sustained over time that are going to make the difference. So, for example, uh, I think about uh, boats tied up at a dock or just sitting next to a dock. And let's say you want to move the boat away from the dock for some reason. One way is to get back 50 feet and run full speed into the boat. Boom. You know, the boat will budge a little, but mostly you'll end up with a bruised shoulder. On the other hand, you can stand on the edge of the dock and just keep leaning. Put your hand on the boat and just keep leaning into it. And in the, I think that's a way of thinking about relationships, too. Lots of times people get 50 feet back from their partner or an employee or their kid or their boss and run full speed into them mm-hmm. and expect a good result. It's usually much more effective to play the long game to win, Mm -hmm. where you uh, establish contact, you sort out what you're trying to influence, and then you just kind of stay with it. 
which also tends to reduce the likelihood that you're going to get a big counter-reaction from the world, especially from other people. And I guess the last thing I'll say about it is that it, we tend to think about persistence externally directed. Mm-hmm. So we're going to persist in our effort to build our house or our boat or persist in pursuing a partner, say. That's all good. But what about persisting with your own mind? What about persisting with gradually helping yourself not have such a hot temper or persisting with your efforts to motivate yourself toward regular exercise or eating in a different way? And I've known many people who are quite disciplined externally. They could just pick a, pick a target and burr, 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 keep on going toward it. But on the other hand, they were in, indulgent, lazy, in a word, flabby, mm. uh, with their own mind. And that's where I think for many, many people, there's a great opportunity to be more persistent in nudging your mind, which means changing your brain, bit by bit, synapse by synapse every day. So finally, the fourth aspect of determination that you were talking about, and you alluded to it earlier, is fierceness. So I know that we're going to be spending a whole episode on it next week, but I don't know, maybe as a kind of teaser, uh, would you mind mentioning what you mean by fierceness? Because I think that's kind of a tricky word for people because I don't necessarily associate being fierce Mm. with a psychological trait right off the bat. I don't have a a connotation for that word. Yeah. So first of all, I mean fierceness in a morally neutral sense. Mm. So it could be used for good or for bad. Mm -hmm. And when I think of people who had really challenging lives or were facing major, major obstacles— and uh, we can see the what they drew upon mm-hmm. to progress. Like yeah. I think about right now, Beethoven. You know, mm-hmm. as Beethoven was going deaf, mm-hmm. he was composing the Ninth Symphony, yeah. the Ode to Joy. Like how profound is that? And I think about Beethoven as a character, as best we know him, passionate and somewhat intense and fierce. He brought, I think, a certain fierceness to bear to persist in his determination to complete that symphony that magnificent work of art, even as he could no longer hear it being performed. That's an example of fierceness. And then you can think of it also as well in physically challenging situations, emotionally challenging situations. We have to be careful with fierceness. We're going to talk about how to do that and how to avoid some of the pitfalls related to it. And I'll get into a story when we do next week's podcast about a time for myself in my you know upbringing uh, tapped into a sort of feral core or layer in normal human psyche that's kind of wild in a neutral sense of wild and untamed. And I think that untamed, fierce essence in us is actually really important to be able to access at will and use effectively without getting hijacked by it in ways that are problematic. To give a quick counterpoint to that, and this is why we're going to be spending a whole episode on it, There is a lot of complexity and difficulty with quote-unquote fierceness because it's a very, very thin line between the right amount of fierce and the wrong amount of fierce. Yeah, great way. And Mm -hmm. it's particularly a thin line erring on the side of too much of it. Mm -hmm. If you are too literally, to make up a word, fierce, 
you're normally only going to hurt yourself. Yeah. But if you're too much fierce, you can often hurt other people. And I think that that's a moral complexity yep. that it's important to talk about in yep. kind of the discussion of that subject. And so that's why we're going to be spending a, uh, a whole episode on it next week. Yeah. So until then, um, to give a quick recap of some of the stuff that we discussed today, we talked about determination and the various aspects of determination, those being resolve, which particularly is about being directed towards a goal. It's hard to feel resolve if there's no real goal that you're pushing towards. Then patience, and we got into a great little conversation about that, about the importance of kind of accepting that things are going to take a little while. Yeah. And how by being patient, we can actually be more determined at the end of the day. Then persistence, how do you wake up every day and have a dogged pursuit of something you care about, as opposed to just having those periodic bursts of insight and motivation. And then finally, we kind of touched it for a second, fierceness, which we'll be getting into more next week. So if you enjoyed today's episode, I would appreciate it if you would leave a positive review and subscribe to it through that platform of your choice. It helps other people find the podcast, and in general, we appreciate the support. So until next week, when we're going to be discussing fierceness, another aspect of determination inside of the strength of grit, thanks for listening.